Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. It's after class with Miss Donovan, the podcast. We're going over geometry, the week eight overview. So we're going to go over what we did this week, Monday through Friday. And then I'll have a quick little thing where I go over your assessment that you're taking as well as, you know, just tell you some things that you might need to know that are important. So it's time for us to get into the topics today. We're going to start off with our mathematician of the week, a really, really cool person we have. Her name was Euphema Hayes. Um, she was born in on September 11th, 1890. She died July 25th, 1980. So she was almost 90 when she died. She was the first black woman ever to get a PhD in mathematics, which is a super awesome and really hard feat, especially our feat. Yeah, especially at that time. She graduated from her undergrad from Smith's College, her master's from the University of Chicago, and her PhD from the Catholic University of America. She got all her degrees in mathematics. Her dissertation was titled The Determination of Sets of in Independent Conditions Characterizing Certain Special Cases of Symmetric Correspondences. Her main thing was that she was a teacher. She taught everything. She taught elementary school. She taught middle school English. She taught high school math. And a lot of what she did is then she ended up creating certain like math programs at colleges, like the math program at the Miners College. And then at the District of Columbia Teachers College, she served as the division chair for the mathematics and business education department. She taught, she taught part-time at Howard University and, in, and ended up receiving a papal medal from the Catholic Church in 1959. So that is Euphema Hayes. Okay, our first topic is 9-1 from Friday, 10-16, 2020. Your homework was a Google form for this day, so make sure that you go ahead and look at that. Your target for the day was I can perform, identify, and uh, identify characteristics and represent transformations as a function. So for your uh, notes, we started with page 103 to 107 in the book. And basically, we talked about what transformations are. So remember, a transformation is a change in the position, size, or shape of a figure. So the pre-image um, of a transformation is the original figure, and the image is the figure after the transformation. So a image, a figure, um, basically this figure or point or something, maybe it's a shape, it is taking a transformation, something is happening to it, and it is either moving um, the position, the size, or the shape to get to um, the image from the pre-image. So to get to your second thing, that's what you are doing. So we did this example with a marching band where we talked about how they were moving downwards. Um, so again, a slide or a movement downwards can be a transformation, a reduction or an enlargement. Um, there are so many things, a reflection, a rotation, there are so many different types of transformations we could be doing. So basically all we did is we would see, um, we like watched how this marching band moved and what happened to it. So there are two different types of transformations. There is a rigid motion transformation, which is a transformation that uh, preserves the size and the shape. So a rigid transformation is gonna have the same size and shape. So the pre-image and the image will be the same size and shape. It's just changing the position. The next one is a non-rigid motion, which is going to mean that uh, the size and shape are not preserved, or maybe it's just a change in size, but it's the same shape, or if it changes shape, and it but it's the same size. So again, rigid is when there is when the when the shape or size is not preserved. So those were our different types of function here. We basically talked about um, then how we would write our transformations in a certain coordinate notation. So you start with your pre-image, which is always going to be um, parentheses x comma y, and then there's an arrow. The arrow is always going to um, 
note be the notation for the transformation. So it shows that it goes to whatever our image is. And then your second set of coordinates is going to be what is happening to the X and Y values to make it your new image to get there. So you could be adding, you could be subtracting to those values, you could be multiplying, or you could be dividing. From there, we went and we would um, basically we compared um, tables of coordinates to show um, basically to be able to write our um, function, our coordinate function there to show the transformation. So if the y value was multiplied by 2, our coordinate function would be x comma y arrow x comma 2y. And basically all we did was then show whether it was rigid or non-rigid um, functions. And we just kind of looked at the images and the pre-images and identified whether or not they were um, rigid or non-rigid. From your Google form, you were then tested on to ask whether or not um, what the definition of pre-image and image was, what was a rigid motion, a non-rigid motion, and then you had to classify the specific transformation functions as rigid or non-rigid. So that's all we did for 9-1 on Friday. Let's get into uh, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. On Monday, you had an asynchronous day, meaning we had a choice board. So when you looked at your choice board, um, you had to complete a total of five points for the activity to get full credit. If you did not complete five points, you got partial credit. So again, you could still go complete five points or finish your choice board if you have not. There were many options on your choice board. One of them was to catch up on your homework. Another was to create a flip grid about one of the homework problems from 9-1. You could have met with me. You could have taken a Google form quiz, make a test question, watch the extension video, um, practice, watch the Khan Academy video, do a math idol song or make a math meme. So again, if you have not turned in that um, assignment, it is worth a total of five points. So you definitely should. And you still have time to if you need to. Club going up on, the Tuesday. on Tuesday, we got back into our lessons. We did 9-2, which focused on translations. So we talked about the four different major types of transformations first before we got into translations specifically. So the four major types of transformations are translations, which represent a slide, reflections, which represent a flip. Um, so remember, for reflections, there's a line of reflection, and each um, point on the image and the pre-image are the same distance away from the line of reflection. A rotation, which is a turn. The turn will give you the degree of the turn and the point to rotate about. And then we also talked about dilation, which is a reduction or an enlargement, but we're not doing dilation until after this assessment. Again, we looked at the pre-image and the image and defined them, as well as went through rigid and non-rigid. Translations, reflections, and rotations are rigid motions. Dilations are non-rigid motions. And the thing is, if it's going to be rigid, your transformation, your coordinate function for the transformation is going to be adding or subtracting or multiplying by negative one. If it multiplies or divides by something other than negative one, it is going to be a non-rigid transformation. So back into our notes for that, we started off, we had our own note sheet for translations. Translations represent a slide in a figure. So a translation moves all the points of the figure the same distance and the same direction. On the coordinate plane, if you know the direction of how far the figure is moving horizontally and or vertically, you can draw the translation. Translations preserve angle measure between this collinearity and distance. Orientation is also preserved. So with translation, the pre-image and the image are congruent. Therefore, the translation is rigid. So then we went and looked at our translation. Um, and basically, we started with we had our triangle A, B, and C. 
we wanted to plot an image of A prime, B prime, C prime. If the image was translated to the right two units and up four units. So we had a horizontal shift of two units and a vertical shift of four units. When you are translating um, in general, if you're trying to make your coordinate function for the translation, um, a point will move up or left or right A units and up or down B units. We can describe this as X comma Y with the arrow um, in parentheses X plus or minus A comma X Y plus or minus B. Again, the coordinate form of the translation or the translation rule or function is going to start with X comma Y as before. Do your little arrow and then whatever you do to make X or Y change. So you're going to add or subtract for this translation. So then we started writing our translation rules. Um, remember, if you for the x value, if you're adding, you're going to the right. If you're subtracting, you're going to the left. For the y value, if you're adding, you're going up. If you're subtracting, you're going down. Then we did a bunch of examples. So the first few examples, we had a triangle, and then we had to translate it um, up three units, up uh, right seven units. And then again, we had an, a line segment, and we were given then the coordinate function that we had to translate it for. So you have to be able to translate something given um, the coordinate function or given just if it's going up or left or right or down or whatever. You could also be given the translation notation, which is a capital T. And then in the subscript, there's a parentheses, which is gonna represent um, the movement of y, X and Y. So you have to be able to understand and write translation functions as well as know what the translation would represent. So again, have to be able to write those coordinate functions and then also be able to, with the coordinates, identify what um, identify what the new coordinates are, what the coordinates of the image is. So that is it for what we did on Tuesday. It is Wednesday, my dudes. So on Wednesday, we started our day one of 9-3. We are talking about reflections. So again, I can perform reflections on and off the coordinate plane and identify reflectional symmetry in planes. So we focused mostly on the first half. We focused on just doing reflections over the X, Y axis. So we looked basically at our first example, which is where we plotted points and we were reflecting over the X and Y axis. So we just wanted to be able to see and to be able to look and if we could notice, if we could just, how would we reflect over certain things? So again, like if we were looking at um, specific, like we did this on a weird little whiteboard thing. I don't know if you remember, but what happened is we wanted to know like in our warm-up exercise, like what the pre-image, what the pre-image point was compared to the image for A and A prime and how it was mapped onto that. Um, we use this ex exercise to basically see, like, to basically see that, um, like, we could, that X was the opposite of the Y when we reflected it over, like, the first time. So when we reflected it from A to A prime, we reflected it over the Y axis, and we got that X was opposite. Then when we noticed um, we reflected over the Y axis, or the X axis, we got that the Y was opposite. So for reflecting over the y-axis, our coordinate function is going to be x comma y arrow negative x comma y. If we're reflecting over the x-axis, our function is going to be x comma y x comma or arrow to x comma negative y. Also, it's really important that we know what our line of reflection is. So if those are if the y and the x-axis are the line of reflection, and then also that we know that the pre-image point is equal distance to the image point. 
um, from the certain line of reflection. We talked about in Bravian point, which means it does not move. So if a point is on your line of reflection, then it does not move. It is an Bravian point. So again, um, really important definitions there. We talked about how our whole day was basically reflecting at, over the X and the Y axis. So that is all we did. We had a pretty, um, I would say it was a short lesson um, because again, it was mostly just talking about um, the X and the Y axis. So let's go on and talk about day two of this. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday, can you remember Thursday? <laughs> yeah, so Tuesday? <laughs> Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when, huh? What day? Thursday. <laughs> the third day, okay? Okay, so our day two of reflections went a little bit smoother just because we didn't use the whiteboard thing. We started off with um, reflecting again. We did some practice over reflecting over the X and the Y axis. Those are easy because we could use our functions or we could just count how with the distance away from the line of reflection and then do the same thing, count on the other side of the line of reflection to get our new point, um, our image point. We then started talking about how to find the line of reflection when we had two images that were reflected over, but it wasn't over the X or the Y axis. So how we do that is we count the total distance between the two images, and then we divide that by two. And then whatever that answer becomes is how many units away from one of the images the line of reflection is. Um, again, when we're talking in line of reflections, it's going to be either Y equals something or X equals something. Then we were given specific lines of reflection that weren't the X or the Y axis. So if we have a little R, that's going to represent our reflection. And then in the subscript of our little R, it's gonna tell you what line is being reflected over. So make sure you're paying attention when you don't reflect over the X or the Y axis, you're going to have to count the distance from the line of reflection a point is, and then do the same distance on the opposite side to make sure you get that. Then we talked about a line of symmetry, which is about uh, which is a, a line about which a pre-image was reflected over. So basically, how many times could we cut an image in half and have the same exact thing on both sides? So remember, if your face is symmetrical, it looks very much the same on the left and right side. So we want to see a uh, line of symmetry is going to create the same image on both sides, whether it be like above and below, right or left, cut in half, cut diagonally. We want to see how many lines could potentially be created to see again, like for those reflection, how like the halves that look exactly the same. So that was it for our day two of reflections. Let's get into our rotation. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Okay, so Friday was our last day of the specific lesson. We did nine dash four. That was about rotation, so I can perform rotations on and off the coordinate plane and identify and distinguish um, the distance between reflectional and rotational sum uh, sym symmetry. So we had this little table at the bottom where it talked about our rotations counterclockwise and the coordinate notation that went along with it. The really important thing about rotations is you need to know the point you are rotating about and the degree of your rotation. So if you have a rotation that is 90 degrees counterclockwise, so that'd be a positive 90 or 270 degrees clockwise, which would be a negative 270. Your coordinate notation is going to be X comma Y arrow negative Y comma X. If you have 180 degrees counterclockwise or clockwise, positive or negative, X comma Y arrow negative X comma negative Y. 
If you have 270 degrees positive or counterclockwise and 90 degrees clockwise, which would be negative 90, you'd have an X comma Y arrow Y comma negative X. And if you had 360 degrees either way, positive, negative, counterclockwise, clockwise, it's going to be X comma Y arrow X Y. I recommend you go look at that table and really know it because it's going to help you with this specific portion of your assessment. So for the first thing, we explored ro rotation about the origin of 90 degrees counterclockwise. So we used our x comma y arrow negative y comma x, and we just flipped the x and y values and changed the sign of the y value, and we then mapped it on um, four times. We did four different rotations, and eventually we got all the way back to our 360. So again, um, we then talked about what an, an invariant point is, which is the point um, where it would not move. So if it's a rotation of 360 degrees, um, your point is going to be the invariant point. It's going to be the same point. So remember also that the length of segments connecting the origin to specific points of rotation is going to be the same for each rotation. A rotation 90 degrees counterclockwise about the origin would produce an image in the same location as a rotation of a 270 degrees clockwise. 180 degrees counterclockwise and 180 degrees clockwise are going to produce the same rotation as well. And then a rotation of 270 counterclockwise about the origin is going to produce the, an image in the same location as a rotation of 90 degrees clockwise about the origin. So that's really just going to be important knowing your rules. We did three examples where we had triangles and we were rotating them about different um, degrees about the origin. So again, really important that you know your rules and you're able to use them. We then talked about notation where we had a capital R and then we had a, a like number or a letter, comma, um, something else. So the capital R stood for rotation. And then in the subscript, the first thing before the comma um, represented the point of rotation. And then the second thing represented the degree of the rotation. After that, we talked about rotational symmetry, a rotation of less than is, which is a rotation of less than 360 degrees where an image can map onto itself. When we're trying to find and identify the angles of rotational symmetry of a given finger, we're going to do 360 divided by the number of sides is going to equal the degree of rotation of symmetry. When we have the rotation degree and we want to figure out the figure that it is the degree for, we're going to do 360 divided by the number of degree, and that's going to give us the number of sides the figure has. From there, again, we just need to know how many sides each figure has. A triangle has three sides, a square or a quadrilateral has four, Pentagon has five, hexagon has six, heptagon seven, octagon eight, nonagon nine, decagon ten, elevenagon eleven, and dodecagon is twelve. Anything above twelve is going to be like thirteenagon, fourteenagon, and so on and so on. So again, make sure you do know your rules for your rotation of 90 degrees, 270, 180, 360 for all counter and counterclockwise and clockwise, because that's going to be the most important thing for this section. Monday, Monday, Monday. Okay, so here we go. I know what you're all here for, the assessment reflection or the assessment overview portion. So on your assessment, you're going to be seeing multiple targets. You're going to be seeing 9-1 through 9-4. Those are your new targets. And then the old targets you will be seeing for the last time, you'll see 7-2 and 7-3. And then you'll see 8-1 and 8-2. So you're only going to be able to skip one portion of this assessment. You will have to complete the rest. The first section is the only exception you can skip. It's learning targets 7, 2, and 7, 3. You're going to be asked to figure out um, x so that x so that like you need to know what x could be equal and then it, 
so you can figure out when it's perpendicular. So the x is going to give you the parallel thing, what it's equal to. It has to be equal to anything but that number. So 8-1 is going to be two multiple choice questions. So make sure you go ahead and look at those. It's about parallel and perpendicular or neither slope. It asks you about two line segments or two lines and says, um, what is the relation between the slope? 8-2 is asking you to write an equation in slope-intercept form for a line containing a specific number um, that is perpendicular to a different line. And the second thing says write an equation of a line that passes through specific points that is parallel to a line on a graph. Um, we are then combining 919293394 into one section. Three questions. You are asked which of the following shows a rectangle of shows the rectangle on the grid transformation. You're given the transformation function. Um, oh, you're not. It's not which of the following. You need to transform that rectangle onto um, transform it from that function. The second one, you're going to reflect a triangle over the y-axis, and then you need to give me the coordinates of the prime. And the last thing is you're going to rotate um, a triangle counterclockwise about the origin 180 degrees. And I just need to know the coordinates of the image and the pre-image. And that is it for your assessment. Not too long, not too short. But if you need any help, make sure you come to office hours or anything and ask for So that is it for our week eight overview of our geometry stuff. I went through every single day that we did. Um, as well as then going over a little review of our assessment. So make sure if you have any questions, you stop into office hours, or if you need anything else, you can shoot me an email. Remember, you can still turn in your homework for full credit, and make sure you do the optional review if you want to do well. And after that, I guess I'll see you in class.